0: And let's Spencer do a trick, cause you're incapable of ends. Hello and welcome to Keep Off the Borderlands. My name's Spencer, a.k.a. Free Thrall. And yes, I know, I'm late. I'm late for a very important date and that date was August the 31st which is when this episode was originally scheduled to be released because it contains the remaining 21 questions of RPG A Day Month that I told myself I was going to release as a podcast so that is exactly what I'm doing. As you may or may not know I've been doing daily tweets and Facebook posts, responding to the questions. Unfortunately, I haven't kept up with the daily recordings. So I will be revisiting those text responses in this episode. Now, we've got quite a few questions to get through. So I'm probably going to (laughs) keep. So my my intention is to keep things focused, but um, no doubt. I'll be wandering off on a few tangents. Now, a lot has happened since the last episode. There's a new D&D. Well, sort of. We have a new monarch. And we also have a new milk monitor. Sorry, Prime Minister. And there's been an apocalypse. Actually, apocalypses. Can you have a plural of Apocalypse. Apocalypse, Apocaly, apokalodes. I don't know about these things. Anyway, there were two of them. Firstly, the Anchor Apocalypse, wherein many, if not most, podcasters who use Anchor have lost the Discovery tab, which means that um, leaving messages on each other's shows has become a little more... Difficult and has sent many of us scattering in all directions looking for alternative methods of receiving those audio messages. I also had a little apocalypse of my own where my laptop decided to, (laughs) I still don't know what it decided to do. Basically, Windows decided it was broken and unfortunately it was not able to repair itself. I tried to reinstall windows it was not able to reinstall Uh, fortunately i was able to rescue all my data but for one reason or another i was unable to rescue windows or so i thought i spent several days trying to resuscitate the machine but by day three i decided it was time to invest in a new laptop no sooner did that new laptop arrive I switched on the old laptop in order to transfer some more data and it decided it was going to install Windows, which it did successfully. So now I've got two laptops. But there are worse situations to find yourself in. Just the the universe toying with me. Anyway, before I launch into the remainder of those RPG Day Month questions, I've got a couple of messages that have been languishing in my Anchor app since the good old days when audio messages weren't such an issue. So let's get on with those, shall we? Hey, Spencer. It's BJ. Um, I... uh don't have any, any specific comments other than just to let you know that I'm enjoying your RPG a day contributions. so uh, keep up the good work, and I'll talk to you later. Hello. Is there anybody out there? Just not if you can hear me. Is there anybody home? Yo, Spencer, man. Sorry to hear about your laptop, dude. That uh, That sucks, but... Hopefully you'll get the situation rectified soon and we can hear more episodes. RPG A Day is ending for me with the inability to send messages anymore. It's finally happened to me. Thought I might be one of the last. I'm not. Uh, So yeah, I'm sending you a message this way. Anyway, dude, keep the faith. I hope you get your new laptop soon so you can keep putting out episodes Uh yeah talk to you soon peace out well ain't I the big liar only one of those messages was actually received via the anchor app and that was the, the first one there from BJ Boyd aka Game Doc of the Arcane Alienist podcast then we had a little musical interlude there From Menyon, a.k.a. Rob, of Confessions of a Wee Timorous Bushy, And finally, rounding things up with a message from Joe Richter of Hindsightless. And uh, yeah, I feel your pain, Joe. Those last two messages coming to me via Discord. And a bit more about that in the new outro. Oh, yes, there's a new outro. I wouldn't get too excited. Thank you very much for your messages of encouragement and support. Really appreciate that. And a podcast wouldn't be a podcast without a message from Jason Connolly of Nerds RPG Variety Cast. Take it away, Jason. Hey Spencer, Jason here. So as far as teaching games, you mentioned Rysis. I love Rysis. You know I do. I think there's some gameplay mechanics in Rysis. There's definitely a um, system mastery ver- version of that with using your di- die pools and-, and that death spiral. I wonder if a better starting game nowadays wouldn't be Tri-Cube Tales. Look at Tri-Cube Tales. I think that might be the better one. Um, and that pains me to say as much as I do love Rysis. Thank you, Jason. Um, Yeah, I do have tri-cube tails and it is a nice, simple system. In fact, when I initially recorded that, I had to re-record some of that due to poor sound quality because I I was inadvertently recording through my earphones again and they weren't even around my neck at the time. So (laughs) that sounded awful. So, yeah, I had to re-record that. And in my initial recording, I had mentioned Tricube Tales as being a good one for kids, along with a few others like um, Amazing Tales, Hero Kids, and No Thank You Evil. Those last three specifically aimed at very young children. So, yeah, thanks for that, Jason. Always appreciate your input. Take care. Now, I haven't been recording the RPG a day month responses on a daily basis as I had done in the previous episode. I've been responding to these questions by putting out a tweet and a Facebook post. There's been little variation between those two posts, perhaps some rewording because of the limits, the word limit on Twitter. And as we've got so many to get through here, I'm just going to run through those posts with a little bit of elaboration as and when so RPG a day 2022 day 11 if you could live in any game setting where would it be now that's a good question but a tough one to answer what was fresh in my mind when I put out this tweet was that on the previous night I played in a session of Neo Triassic Shoreline Regression Syndrome. Barney Dicker's setting, which you can back on Kofi, and I will put a link in the show notes. And that, that's the setting that's based on J.G. Ballard's Drowned World. And it's a very harsh environment for us humans. It's 200 years in the future, sea levels have risen. The polar caps have melted and uh, everything out of that once Arctic region is now the tropics. And uh, yeah, it's a very harsh environment for humans. So why am I thinking about such a harsh environment? Well, I'm finding the combination of my character's mental state in that game along with the reality altering events incredibly fascinating and a setting that can offer up such moments of wonder is good enough for me. So, yeah, these these worlds that we play in are dangerous but they're also equally wondrous. Day 12. Why did you start RPGing? Well, that's easy. It was a desire to explore imaginary worlds in ways not possible in any other medium. I guess my route into RPGs was via text adventures like um, The Hobbit, which was released in the same year as... Like a firetop mountain, and while I loved those fighting fantasy books and the text adventures that I had on my ZX Spectrum, the limitations to exploration were extremely evident. And what RPGs offer you know, the fact that you are playing in a game that is being Run by another person who is creating that world, out of that comes the tactical infinity that anything is possible, that you can go anywhere and do anything, which is why you know railroading is considered to be such a problem because that obviously limits that thing that is unique to. RPGs, even if you're playing in a sandbox on the latest game console, eventually you're going to come up against doors that won't open, invisible barriers, just limits to where you can go, who you can interact with. As much as these are presented as living worlds, it's not long before you start to see the limits of what's possible there. Day 13, how would you change the way you started RPGing? Well, I would like to have gotten to the table sooner than the two years it took me from discovering the hobby in 1982 before I actually sat at a table and played an RPG with a group of friends. And it took me almost as long when I rediscovered the hobby back around 2017 you know there was a lot of um, me hanging around on the peripheries tentatively getting involved in conversations and you know I even managed to start my podcast before I got to playing RPGs again so there's that day 14 roll 1d8 plus one and tag that many friends and suggest a new RPG to try. Now, I did struggle with this one, firstly because I got an 8, and I'm not sure I knew that many people that I played with who are on Twitter or Facebook. Secondly, as one of the least experienced players, I am unsure of what would be new to, to the people I play with so i'm going to opt for something that's relatively new to everyone and that is jason tochi's 2400 which is available from pretendo games on his itch page and i will include a link and it's a minimalist lo-fi sci-fi toolkit That's actually a whole series of modular games that can be kind of mixed and matched. And you've got stuff there that you, you know, you can do Star Trek with it. You could do Mass Effect with it. You could do The Matrix with it. You could do Roadside Picnic with it. There's even one module about gardening in space. So you could do Silent Running with it. A really, really interesting game. And basically the people I tagged there, the eight people I tagged, were the first eight people I can think of that I play with on a regular basis. And obviously I can't tag them here. Day 15. Who would you like to game master for you? Well, the first thing I thought of was my very first Bilbo Baggins, Mr. Bernard Cribbins on Jackanory, who sadly passed away at the end of last month, aged 93, a national treasure and an all-round legend. Also famously narrating British kids' TV classic, The Wombles. But... If I'm going to pick somebody who's alive, somebody who I'd love to run a game for me is Mr. Joe Richter of Hindsightless and Wheel of Woe fame. Uh, The guy's energy, his creativeness, his enthusiasm, endlessly inventive. And I would love to play in one of his games. I mean, recently he was talking about ...playing out a combat that lasted about four hours. Now, personally, I couldn't think of anything worse. But if Joe was running it, I'm almost certain I would love to be involved in that. Question 16. What would be your perfect game? Now, I'm aware there's many ways you could answer this... ...and a lot of people have answered it in very different ways... Some people spoke about their perfect session. Some people picked a particular game that was perfect for them. Some people spoke about the perfect environment and perfect company to play with. But I thought about this in terms of what I would look for in a rule book or what I would want to see from the resulting game that felt perfect for me. And, you know, I'd look for a game that flowed. I'd look for rules that were intuitive, yet fade into the background, quietly doing their job without me having to think about them too much. A game that was contained within a single rulebook that was clearly written, concise, evocative, that welcomed the novice... Yet informed the expert, a game that engaged all who wished to play it, with a setting that fires the imagination, providing endless opportunities for conflict, intrigue, and wonder. Now there's a mission statement. There are certainly some. There are certainly games that tick a few of those boxes, but I'm not sure. That there's one game that ticks them all. It's been a couple of weeks since that last recording. So I'm just going to get on, get this done. What have we got, 15 questions remaining? Let's go. Question 17 Past, present or future When is your favourite game set? Chris McDowell's Into the Odd and Electric Bastion Land are set approximately 200 and 100 years ago respectively A setting of industrial horror and weird science A land where the further from the city you travel the further into the past you go So the setting has this inbuilt Time dilation, which means that you can accommodate almost any era. Although, as I say, Electric Bastion Land is set in the early part of the 20th century. There are alien influences, sci-fi elements and what you could describe as future tech. So, yeah, it's kind of set everywhere. I, I just love that. Blurring of genres, much the way you find in early weird fiction before the idea of separation between fantasy, science fiction, horror, and all that. Question 18. Where is your favourite place to play? Well, I play online, so anywhere I can be comfortable, not be distracted for a couple of hours and I'm happy. Um, you know, there's a reason I play online. That's because I live in a rural area. I rediscovered the hobby online and most of the folks I play with aren't even in the UK. So so there's that. If I could play anywhere, um, <laughs> I have three requirements, really. Easily accessible, comfortable seating, and I need to know where the bathroom is. If those boxes are ticked, I'm good. Question 19. Why has your favourite game stayed with you? On rediscovering the RPG scene about five years ago, I quickly realised I didn't have the time for large rules tomes. I was instantly drawn to more minimalist games like Recess, The Black Hack... Troika. But one game that instantly stood out to me, and this is going to be no surprise to anyone, was Into the Odd. And even though I continue to be distracted by a new shiny, shiny, I keep coming back to this one game. Just wonderfully simple, intuitive rules and a setting that, for me, suggests... Infinite possibilities. Question twenty: How long do your games last? Well, for an online, as, as I do play online, an online session, I find two hours to be the sweet spot, and I've got Andy Goodman to thank for showing me what's possible within two hours. That's Andy Goodman from. Grizzly Peaks Radio that might be a little short for some, but i i I do like a bit of a cliffhanger to a session. I want to be itching to come back for that next session and Although I'm quite happy to play beyond that point, I find that around two and a half hours to three hours and that that last half an hour, I can be very. Uh, twitchy agitated easily distracted anything beyond two and a half hours and I'm getting into the the twitchy zone now I realize there's many ways to answer that question how long does your game last this could be a question about campaigns and to be honest I've got no real idea of of limits to campaigns um I mean I've been playing Call of Cthulhu for about two years now we have played four scenarios or we're in a we're in our fourth scenario with the same character I have actually played a couple of other scenarios with different characters but this kind of ongoing game that we have is yeah I'm perfectly happy for that to be open-ended um It was the same with uh, The Black Hack playing with Dave Aldridge of Deeper Centile. Although I feel that 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 game did kind of come to a natural end. That was kind of an open table set up, a troop play thing. I had three characters on the go and what I say I had three characters on the go. Two of those characters were on the go One of them died at the end of their first session, two of which got to level seven. And I felt that I could happily step away from those characters at that point, you know, although there's certainly more that I could do there. And I'd be happy to jump back into that world. So, yeah, as far as how long should a campaign be, as long as it takes. I'm quite happy for that to be open-ended. Question 21, or, well, this is Setting Sunday. Share an intriguing detail from a setting you enjoy. Well, I was struggling with this one. I think it's because I'm not a lawman. Uh, what intrigues me more than specific setting details is how such elements interact In the sort of the life of that world, I think I'm going to have to return to Bastion Land for this one into the odd setting. Perversely, for its lack of detail, uh, Chris's approach to presenting setting elements is this simple three bullet point structure, and the interaction of those elements tend to throw up all kinds of surprising results for, for everyone involved um, there was one thing about the setting that I'm particularly drawn to it's as I mentioned before that idea of time dilation that you can play in that world at any point in time you wish you can even you know take it off planet off world because um, Chris did start working on something called Intergalactic Bastion Land, which I am hoping you'll come back to. Question 22. Who is your current character? Well, I've got a few on the go. In Call of Cthulhu, I have Milton Blythe, a gluttonous, bumbling archaeologist touched by a golinak. In League of Eternal Guardians, I've got Vince Sterling, a cocksure... Estate agent from the late 80s, and Samuel Pendle, a terse occultist from the early 17th century. In Neo Triassic Shoreline Regression Syndrome, I play Jip Wickford, who's an affable recon soldier with uh, prosopagnosia, which is the inability to recognize faces. Question 23. What situation is your character currently in? Well, Milton is... Well, when I tweeted this response, Milton was having a particularly interesting out-of-body experience. He has now returned to his corporeal form. But um, let's just say a lot of things went down and Milton is now questioning... The uh, the degree of chaos that will ensue from the from the actions he's just taken. Vince is smugly relaxing at HQ between missions. Samuel is unconscious, having just been drugged by a mysterious man. Jip is currently on the verge of experiencing the full effects of the environmentally induced regression syndrome. Question 24. When did you start playing your character? Well, I'm starting to think that uh, (laughs) I didn't take the best approach to these questions, having spoke about all the characters that I've got. So I'm going to keep this simple... The character I've been playing the longest is Milton Blythe for maybe two years or more. Jip is my most recent character, who I've been playing for about three months now. Um, Question 25. Where has that character been? Well, I'm going to stick with Milton for this one. Uh, He was born in Cheddar, Somerset, in the southwest of England. Moving to Netherwallop in Hampshire, he's fought fishy smugglers in Walberswick on the Suffolk coast, battled beef-eating brutes in Woodcommon, Surrey, maddened murderous movie makers in San Francisco and LA, and is currently bidding for blasphemous books in London's East End. Question 26. Why does the character do what they do? Milton doesn't really have a long-term goal. He's driven by curiosity, his desire to uncover the mysteries of the past, and this has led him to discover a world of horrors beyond his imagination. Thanks to an encounter with Igolanak and the acquisition of a strange amulet, Many of his decisions are now made by his stomach. Question twenty-seven: How has your character changed? Well, Milton has been on quite the journey. He's gone from bumbling investigator to bumbling pie and mash shop owner and a impersonator. Question twenty-eight. Share your favourite RPG cover art. Uh, this, is, this was a fun one. I do enjoy humour in art and Paranoia 1st Edition from West End Games. Uh, this is actually the cover of the hardback version that was put out by Games Workshop. By uh, Larry Catalano. And uh, the image was also used for vapors, don't shoot back. And it depicts uh, what appears to be a SWAT team of sorts attempting to enter a room. Unbeknownst to them, there's a person within that room looking at a control panel, which has CCTVs showing him exactly what's going on outside the room and... What looks like some kind of 10 foot tall battle droid lurking behind the doorway waiting to take care of this unsuspecting assault team. And yeah, this, this image is just full of humour. It's got a lot of movement to it and it's depicting a situation which is about to get very messy and I really like that. Another image that came to mind is the cover of the AD&D Dungeoneer's Survival Guide by Jeff Easley. that depicts an adventurer climbing out of a chasm with these kind of, I don't know, demonic looking creatures all clambering up him. And it's debatable whether he's going to get out by the skin of his teeth or whether he's going to be dragged back down that hole. Um but it's again it's another image full of humour, full of suggestion, full of impending disaster. Uh but what I'm gonna plump for is the cover of Versen from Free League, simply because it is the art that sold me on that game and um and again the image of that book depicts an investigator dressed in 1800s garb, holding a lamp and a gun, and he's just about to encounter a large, menacing-looking troll, demon-type figure who has already spotted him. And, yeah, things are not looking good for this character. Question 29. Who would you like to see take part in RPG a day? I think I'd like to see more creators getting involved, RPG creators. Um, Perhaps learn more about what inspired them, what new things excite them. But, you know, I'm glad to see just more people getting involved in general. And um, one thing I found in posting things on Twitter and uh, particularly Facebook, people responding um, who were clearly not familiar with what RPG A Day Month was. So next year I'm certainly going to, I think, put a bit more effort into promoting it as we head into August in places like Facebook because I think that certainly generated some interest. Question 30, what should RPG a day do for its 10th anniversary next year? I've really enjoyed the question format this year. I, I felt it's provoked more personal responses from everyone involved. I was thinking perhaps going in the other direction, maybe with image prompts instead of words, perhaps. But then, then I thought to myself, that's not going to work for everyone, is it? I mean, particularly anybody with visual impairments, it immediately puts them at a disadvantage. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure what to suggest. A um, bit of a non-answer there. And for the final day of RPG A Day Month, 2022, question 31. When did you first take part? In RPG A Day Month. Well I discovered RPG A Day Month in 2019. Just two months after starting this podcast. And rather ambitiously. I joined in by doing a daily episode. Now I was able to keep that going for two years. Unfortunately I was not able to contribute in 2021. This year though. With the format being questions, I did feel that lent itself to doing tweets and doing posts from the Keep Off The Borderlands group on Facebook. That worked out really well. And um, again, as you can see, I've struggled to go the podcast route, but I just I wanted to get it done. So there you go. Big shout out to Dave F. Chapman for creating RPG a day month and to Anthony runeslinger Boyd of casting shadows podcast for his efforts in creating the prompts and questions over the years. And just a big thanks to everybody who's been involved this year. Cheers. Well, that's about enough from me. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your messages. I really do appreciate those. If you'd like to leave me a message, you can use the messaging function on the Anchor webpage. There'll be a link to that in the show notes, along with a link to SpeakPipe, which may be more helpful for you. You can always message me via my email address at spencer.com freethrall at gmail.com be that text or audio you can find me on twitter at freethrall there's also a keep off the borderlands facebook page and i can be found on discord in the audio dungeon and on a few other channels and if you can figure out how to find me you know more about how it works than i do i'd also like to thank tj drennan for all his wonderful music and it just remains for me to say take it away TJ